everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the NFNL podcast. It will be the final episode of this season, and joining myself, Samuel Zito, in this week's edition is, again, Jared Gardner. Jared, not sure where the season's gone, but equally, still trying to work out how West Preston Lakeside has managed to defend its premiership title, the Roosters. An amazing effort from Norton Six have managed to go back-to-back and upset 12-point grand final win over Greensboro. What a remarkable way to end what has been a stunning 2019 campaign. Yeah, well, thanks for having me once again on the Northern Football Nepal League podcast. It's uh, been such a great year of footy across all three divisions and capped off by uh, one of the great grand finals and one of the, one of the great premiership victories for West Preston Lakeside. And as you said, don't know how they did it. 0-6 as, as the story goes. And... Um, somehow managed to pull it out and, and beat a Greensboro side that looked all-conquering all year, basically. Yeah, so we said going into last week's grand final that there's going to be history written in, in one way. West Preston was looking to be the first side in a decade to defend Division One titles. Greensboro looking to end that hoodoo of sides who had won straight through to the grand final. That now extends to the last eight years where a side, that the first side through to the grand final hasn't gone on to win the premiership. Uh, throughout uh, this week's edition, we will obviously go over the, the grand final performance. We'll also have a chat with many special guests. They'll include the coach of West Preston Lakeside, Rob Majorana. We've also got the coach of Bundura's reserve side, Shane Jacobs, a playing coach there, of course. The Bulls going back-to-back with a win over Greensboro. It was a, an unfortunate day for the Borough, but their reserves hadn't lost the game all year, but beaten by Bandura, who, as we say, go back-to-back last year, coming from fifth to win the flag, this year from second, but doing it the long way around. And we're also going to have a chat with Chris Dor, one of the co-coaches of the Eltham Football Club, his side winning the under-19s premiership for the second time in three years. A remarkable effort and a great grand final there where they took on St Mary's both of those two sides don't have senior clubs in the Division One competition, but as we know, the change in the under-19 grading system over the last couple of years has meant that sides have had the opportunity to play in higher divisions, and great to see both Altham and St Mary's playing off in the grand final. We'll also talk with Steve Late, the outgoing coach of Panton Hill, of course, a premiership coach this year, has made the decision to not continue as coach in 2020. So all of that coming up throughout this week's edition of the podcast, but Jared... It would be, uh, uh, we, we couldn't start anywhere else, but looking at the the grand final win uh, for West Preston Lakeside down in Greensboro by 12 points. You mentioned the Borough had looked all-conquering all throughout the season, uh, lost only one game throughout, which was by two points to Heidelberg. But on the big stage, West Preston Lakeside was able to overcome an 18-point deficit in the second quarter, made it a real arm wrestle, and really have produced one of the the all-time great premiership wins. If it's not the greatest, it's certainly going to be up there, given the fact that they were defending a flag, they were Norton 6, and then not only that, have to come from fourth spot on the ladder once the home and away season's done to to go on and win four finals and, and win the ultimate yeah, it's just it's it's an absolutely amazing story, and and for them, uh, they kicked the first two goals, and you kind of thought, oh, there's a, like a bit of life, and they really can do some damage here. Uh, then Greensboro kicked the next five, and I kind of sat in the box and I thought, well, they're just going to run away with it now, Greensboro, because uh, once they got a run on, they got a bit of confidence going. It just looked like they could um, do a lot of damage and really win this one by a lot. But West Preston, to their credit, just just kept going, um, kept pushing, and. Um, they just never were never out of it. Scores tied at, at three quarter time, and um, 
you just look at some of their players, like Luke LaRossi, he's just a big game player. He kicked three goals on the day and uh, had an amazing influence and he was awarded best on ground. And uh, guys like Oscar Yusuf who kicked the sealer and he missed out last season. I spoke to him post-match and uh, he was so emotional and just so happy to finally be a part of a winning side. And uh, there's a lot of great stories coming out of this West Preston team. Yeah, to think that there was 10 players who played on Saturday who didn't play in the grand final yeah. last year. So it's an amazing achievement because we've talked about uh, how hard it's been to defend premierships. So West Preston's had to overcome everything really throughout. They've had uh, a high turnover in players from last year with you know several retiring. Paddy Carnitz is one of the, the main ones, of course, a, a key player in last year's flag. They've also had injuries to overcome, players going back and playing VFL. And also, what gets probably forgotten is a lot of their reserve side from last year uh, who finished first on the ladder but didn't actually progress through to the grand final. But they moved on to to clubs in second division, Watsonia and Epping, and and uh, to, to get the chance at senior level. So you, you take a lot, like there's a, a lot for them to have to have overcome throughout the course of the season to get back, but the fact that they've now got 32 players on that senior list over the course of two seasons who become premiership players is a, is a testament to, to the club. The game itself, I mean, it's not one for the highlight reel. I don't think there's, there's any doubting that. You, you talked about West getting the fast start with two goals and then Greensboro kicking the next four um, to go into quarter time, two goals in front. And when Ben Fennell kicked that goal early in the second term, I, I genuinely thought that Greensboro was about to run away yeah. with the game. It was just being played on their terms. But we'll talk to, to Rob Mayorana about this in a few moments' time as well. But it just seemed to be that the, the way that back half of that second quarter got played, there was no scoring. But it just got Green, uh, West Preston Lakeside back in the game. The, the, the momentum just went away from Greensboro. It became an arm wrestle. A lot of the play was congested. It was, I mean, I've never seen tackling pressure like what we saw on Saturday at grassroots level. The, the ball was just stuck you know, in the packs and it was great tackling pressure, but it just it just took the sting out of the game. That late goal to Mitch Tobin, I think, was the crucial one in all of it for me, that they were back within two goals by half time, and then from there, at two goals a difference at the main break, it, it really does become anyone's game. But for me, that they got right back into it in that second term, and I think that was a defining moment in the game. Yeah, exactly, and... I think, as you said, that when that when Ben Finnell kicks that first goal in the second quarter, it just kind of it looks really dangerous. But then they're able to hold that play up and and just not allow Greensboro to score and stop that flow. Um, it just played into their own hands because they were able to go down the other end and, and Mitch Tobin late in that second quarter kick a good goal. And then I think the win didn't really, it was kind of favouring the city end throughout the day, but it was kind of dying down Changed in patches. Bit, but um, in that third quarter, when they were kicking with it, they kicked two goals to nothing and uh, tie the scores at three-quarter time. So it's just, there's a lot of belief in this side. And I think that was one of the main things I took out from when I was speaking to players and speaking to coaches after the matches. They they just always knew that they were a chance. And uh, this whole season, they've always known they with their best footy can match it with anybody. Um, and that showed on the big stage. I guess they've been unlucky with availability throughout the year, but on the big stage to get Signorello and, and also Yusel back in was, was significant. I thought, I mean, if we talk about Luke LaRossi, we always say he's one of the most underrated players in the comp, but he played an absolute blind. They kicked three goals all in the second half to you know, get inside that comfortable buffer in the last quarter. And then obviously Yusel sealed it with his goal entering time on, but he was great. Garrett McDonald's had a massive final series. He was outstanding. Michael Ercolano has been pivotal like, since, since coming back from, from overseas. And obviously Signorella had a, a, a big impact as well. But for every grand final, we always focus on the winners, but you also have to look at the side that unfortunately didn't get the job done. And, and for Greensboro, 
you look at their better players on the day, I thought Tom Bell and Charlie Mullen, you still had a, a good impact. Yeah. I thought Jack Donston never gave up as well, but um, Bell in particular had to fight on. He took a, a heavy knock during the game and played on with a, you know, what was probably a substantial injury there to um, the nose and, and also the jaw as well, but, but was courageous to, to fight on. But they just never at any stage uh, from from early in that second term were able to j- just get any clean footy, were they? And unfortunately for them, a side that's averaged over 100 points throughout the course of the year, they only kicked three behinds from the four-minute mark of the second term to the 28-minute mark of the fourth term, which is quite incredible. But it wasn't a case of missed opportunities. that They just couldn't create opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's kind of been the message throughout the year from Greensboro. Every time I've spoken to Mick Harford, he said, well... They might be kicking inaccurately, but they're getting 30 shots on goal, 35 shots on goal throughout a match, so it doesn't really matter. But now when you take out their ability to get the ball forward and actually get shots on goal and actually get scores on the board, um, then it just really hurts them because, as you said, they have 11 shots on goal throughout the day in, in this game. It's well down on what they've um, averaged for the 2019 season as a whole. So uh, it was a tough day for for, for Greensboro, but as you said, Ballon, Molyneux fought hard and um, Jack Johnson was one that I was really impressed by for the Borough. Yeah, well, I think uh, for them, you, you lick the wounds from here, but uh, it's, it's going to be a tough one to, yeah. to get over. It was obviously a very tough day for the club, given the fact that, as we said, their reserves went through the season undefeated. Their senior side only lost one game in the home and away, and then for, for neither to get the job done, it was a tough one to to swallow. But I guess what do you do? You, you dust yourself off and, and you go again. And we know this Greensboro footy club's got plenty of talent and plenty of character, so I'm sure they'll be back. But um, certainly, unfortunately for them, what well, has been a great season didn't finish the way they would have liked, and it uh, it will be a hard one for them to to reflect back on. But uh, what better thing for us to do than to analyse this game by talking to the coach of West Preston Lakeside, Rob Mayorana, his side winning back-to-back premierships. A remarkable achievement last year, knocking over McLeod, who'd only lost two games during the course of the season. Backed it up again this year by taking out the title by beating Greensboro in one of the uh, great grand final stories and what has become a great premiership story. So here's the coach of West Preston Lakeside, Rob Mayrana, who'll also be joined uh, after this conversation, rather will be joined by the coach of Bandura's Reserves, Shane Jacobs, and then straight into a chat with Altham coach, Chris Daw, but here is the coach of the West Preston Lakeside Footy Club, Rob Mayorana. Our next special guest on the NFNL podcast is the two-time premiership coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Club, Rob Mayorana. His side creating history on Saturday by becoming the first side from Norton Six to go on and win a premiership, doing so winning back-to-back flags and becoming the first club in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 to do that in the past decade. Rob, congratulations. Uh, has it sunk in the enormity of what you've been able to achieve over the past six months, but maybe more so the, the last month or so in, in the final series? Uh, it's been a hectic uh, few days, Sam, but um, slowly, yeah, the reality of uh, what we've achieved is, is starting to sink in and uh, very proud of the club and um, and the playing group. Uh, the, the game itself on, on Saturday, it was obviously we, we talked about going into it. There was going to be history rewritten in one way. You guys were looking to be the first side in a decade to go back to back. Greensboro obviously looking to, to break that hoodoo of sides going straight through. But um, in terms of how the game played out, did um, did it go to script in, in any way? Or did uh, did you forecast how that, that game would be played out in a, in a tough, contested way? Yeah, you never know how the game um, plays out and how it opens up and uh, and the critical moments that that occur. But um, we we're confident in the plan that we went in with. Uh, we knew Greensboro 
uh, well, the form side of the competition, very even across the board, but at the same time, strong belief in our group, um, the talent we have in the group and, and, uh, and our method. Um, so, you know, with the opening of the game, I thought we got off to a strong start, first two goals of the game, um, which is great. Then we conceded some, some easy goals, some silly free kicks, 50-metre penalties. Um, so to go in a couple of goals down when we had the breeze uh, wasn't ideal. Um, but I thought the second quarter was was critical uh, in the overall contest, just to just to close the game down a little bit and get back on our terms, control the ball a little bit, and, and just hold Greensboro to be within a couple of goals at half time after they kicked with the breeze. So, um, and the second half was just a grind and a real strong contest, and, and our boys um, came out on top. That last twenty minutes of the second term wasn't pretty footy. It was it was a tough grind, but they proved to be the, the critical moments of the game because it it stopped Greensboro's momentum and it just kept you right in the game. We we talk of the Mitch Tobin goal late, which gets you back to to twelve points, but it doesn't have to always be pretty, does it, to to get yourself back into the game? And, and they on reflection are probably the most important times of the game. Yeah, it's funny how the big some of the biggest games of the year are never pretty. You just got two two teams that. Um, just want it so much, work so hard, and, and uh, sometimes the, the, the game turns into that type of uh, grind. So, yeah, well, not unexpected. Um, I said to one of the coaches in the box, you know, this, this isn't a great game to watch. And, uh, and speaking to people after the game, they thought, no, you're right, but it was just a, a fantastic contest. Um, and, and that's what we got. So, yeah, the way that the game played out wasn't, wasn't ideal, wasn't pretty, but um, to try and stifle Greensboro... Um, you know they average 102 points a game. Uh, they can score quickly. Um, they've got many avenues to goal. So to hold them and in the overall contest at the end of the day to hold them to five or six goals was just an outstanding effort by by the whole group. Um, I thought our defenders uh, were, were huge in, in that area, but also our midfield in being able to uh, to match it with the likes of Bell and Molyneux and Clark and these blokes. Throughout the whole final series, you conceded 140 points in four games. It's a remarkable effort. Um, is that uh, is that? Do you think the the cornerstone as to why you've been able to go back and, and defend your premiership? Yeah, really important, really important. And uh, to get the continuity of our back seven towards the back end of the year was was really important. Uh, we really never had that till the last six weeks of the year. Um, so we had blokes coming in and out in playing roles. Once we were able to to settle that down. Um, and those guys get some synergy uh, on the back of also uh, our midfield picking up their game as well, which which always protects the defenders in some ways. Um, so yeah, that 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 got a bit better and stronger as we went on, and we got that as I said that continuity and synergy across across the playing group. We only made a couple of changes in the last month, uh, whereas leading into that, particularly the first half of the year, we were making five, six, seven changes a week. Uh, that, that's always difficult. I don't care what team it is; it's, it's always a challenge um, to do that. Really proud as well to have 10 changes to last year's team playing that. So that's 32 premiership players we have over the course of, of two years. Um, I'm wrapped for those individuals that got their opportunity this year that missed out on a game last year um, and the new people that we brought into the club as well. So uh, overall, yeah, the last two years have been an amazing ride. Absolutely have been. Was uh, was there a point on, on Saturday where you had a chance to, to just soak it in and realise that you probably had the game won? No, unfortunately not. No, no, because the game was so intense and tight. Um, and as I said to you earlier, we, we know that Greensboro can score quickly, so you just can't rest on your laurels or assume anything. Um, I think we got out to three goals in front around the 20-minute mark. Uh, there was probably five minutes to go. Uh, 
I thought from there we should be able to hold on, but you just never know. Uh, we made some some silly errors where we probably tried to go too quick and and uh, when we didn't need to, um, created some some turnovers and, and gave Greensboro a couple of looks. One eventuated into that Tom Bell goal on the goal line, um, and that brought it to within 12 points. Uh, I think there was still two or three or four minutes left. I'm not even sure, but uh, 12 points in this day and age, on and, and it was a dry deck. Um, yeah, it was not insurmountable. So until that final siren went, I really uh, wasn't able to soak it up and, and enjoy it. What's the feeling like when, when the siren sounds and, and you you know you're about to hold the Premiership Cup up? To be honest, I didn't hear the siren go. That was that was uh, it was funny. I saw a couple of uh, players jump up and down. There was someone in the box that also must have heard it, but I, I reckon the overwhelming majority of people... Uh, um, didn't hear it, so uh, a, a little bit of uh, cross-checking to make sure it was the siren, and uh, um, yeah, and that moment was just uh, pure relief, really, um, just uh, pride and relief, uh, knowing what we've achieved and, and where we've come from, and the storyline behind behind the whole year. How's the, I guess, the time been since since Saturday? I'd imagine it's it's one of the most remarkable premiership wins. I think uh, there's been articles already, you know, asking is it in terms of local footy one of the best that we've ever seen to come from, from Norton 6 to think that you had to win at least 10 of your last 12 just to play finals and then four consecutive finals but what have the days since that, that grand final been like uh, I'd imagine it might be somewhat of a blur potentially yeah a couple of couple of hectic days look I, I, uh, I'll leave that to the young blokes to, to soak up and enjoy uh, it was just great to get around uh, people uh, that have been heavily involved and, and even the, the, the supporters that um that it means so much too. So I, I really spend time getting around those people and making sure that they enjoy it. We, you know, told a few stories and had a good chat, and um, yeah, just let the players um, really get busy and roll their sleeves up with uh, with the celebrations. Um, but it was good. It was a really enjoyable couple of days. Uh, got a really good turnout back at the club Saturday night. Uh, that rolled into a a pleasant Sunday morning um, at the club. Um, and then Monday, uh, Monday was uh, Monday was an interesting day with uh, just just the playing group really and uh, and the support staff and uh, th- that was when really sat back and uh, looked around the room and um, uh, really proud of of the group and, and and not just their football ability but uh, the, the people that they are and uh, the, the way they go about it. I know you, you've said throughout that there wasn't anything major that changed. It was just about persisting and, and you know getting that one win and then hopefully things flow. But was there a particular point in the season where you just sensed that um, you were back on the right track and, and you might be able to, to have a real impact at the back end of the year? Um, yeah, well, it was like playing consecutive elimination finals for, for, for 14 or 15 weeks. It was quite draining. But um, maybe the North Holderberg game at home, when we won that quite convincingly uh, by about 10 goals, uh, I thought, and, and given North Heidelberg were one of the form teams of the year and, and in the top three, I, I thought, oh, that's that's us, that's the way we play and uh, looks like we, we may be back on track here. So until that point, um, we, we were just chipping away, chipping away. Um, but once we, we won that game convincingly, I, I knew if we could sneak into the five that we may be able to to do some damage or at least uh, be, be extremely competitive. Um, but to that point, it was uh, it was just a grind. Uh, now you, you you've done two. Everyone's going to start already turning attention and say, how, how can you can you go and do number three? But um, when does I guess the um, the attention then turn to what needs to take place to you know create even more history and and, uh, and try and defend back to back premierships? Yeah, for people that know me, I'm pretty obsessive with uh, with what needs to be done and how we do it. So. Um 
I'd be lying if I haven't said uh, already been on the phone and started planning and, and making some arrangements and, and different things. So um, you, you never really stop uh, this day and age, but I think it's important just to sit back for a week or two and just take a deep breath um, and obviously balance that with uh, putting some time back in the family as well. So yeah, I'll give it um, I'll give it a couple of weeks and then we'll really uh, roll the sleeves up and uh, and get busy again. Well, Rob, again, uh, congratulations uh, on behalf of everyone in the Northern Football Netball League. It's it's one of the, the great stories, and I'm sure it's going to endure for, for long down the track as well, to, to come from where you have to, to defend premierships. And uh, and now, I guess, you, you get time to, to hopefully just enjoy it for the next few weeks until uh, turning your attention to 2020. So thanks for all your support in, in, uh, through season 2019, and hopefully you can now uh, really enjoy what, uh, what you've been able to accomplish. Thanks, Sam, and thanks for your support right throughout the year. I think the, uh, yourself and the NF. NL have done an outstanding uh, job. Thank you very much. Rob Mayrana, the two-time Premiership coach of West Preston Lakeside. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is the coach of the Bandura Reserves Premiership team, Shane Jacobs. He side on the weekend going back-to-back with an upset grand final win over the previously undefeated Greensboro. Shane, congratulations. Big couple of years for the club. Obviously, you've been a big part of all of it, but I'd imagine on Saturday it was a really satisfying win to, to go back-to-back and to knock over a Greensboro side, which, as I said, hadn't lost to, to that point of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, it was. Uh, wouldn't say it was surprising, but we um, we played them three times during the year, and they, they were a great outfit. And going into the grand final, we were pretty confident. We worked on a few things, what we thought we could, where we could beat them, and everything just fell into place. Really, um, yeah, and just unfortunately for Greensboro, we just probably played our best game on grand final day. So. Very, very happy. It's uh, it was obviously you had to go the the long route through. You you'd played um, obviously the, the four consecutive finals to, to get there. But uh, did you? I guess um, you talked about your planning there. But did you think your preparation worked in your favour as well? Given the fact that you were you were match hardened for the game. Yeah, well, it sort of probably come from last year, coming from fifth and playing every final, and then also winning it from fifth. Um, so we we're pretty confident. We played them two weeks prior in the semi-final, um, and we thought, you know what, there, there's things that we can we can beat them. We just have to work on a few things, and without sounding arrogant, we we put a few places in into place against West Preston in the in the prelim, and um, which worked for us. And we probably played yeah our second best game of the year in the prelim, and then took it into the grand final, and yeah, just everything fell in in our way and yeah great it's obviously it's a, it's a pretty remarkable effort uh, what you've been able to achieve as you say fifth last year to, to go on and win the flag this year you finished second but you had to obviously beat the, the all-conquering side to, to get the premiership but to do it two years in a row in, in pretty um, fantastic circumstances I'd imagine that's a, a you, you must get a real sense of pride out of that oh yeah it's um, oh, you know being a first time coach last year and only in my second year this year um yeah, it's it's huge. It's it's huge for the club. I think just you know playing for Bunder and coaching Bunder a football club and being a part of it, a great you know a great club that they are. It's sort of you, you go into any game, any final, but knowing that you you got a huge chance. And I said it to our supporters after the game. I reckon they're the best supporters and the best club in the comp, and they probably got us over the line, and it always helps. 
from a senior point of view for the club, it was a, it was a tougher year, first time in two decades that they didn't participate in in the final series. But I guess um, winning the flag at, at reserves level, I think it probably you know just provides a bit of uh, you know certainly something for the club to, to really rally around and, and provide a, a great finish to the year to maybe springboard into 2020. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. We, we the seniors, you know, we we got a lot of games into the young guys, um, which was great. You know, they they got a taste of senior footy, and um, you know, probably good for us that they played under the nine games, so they could actually probably qualify for us, which wasn't planned. It just worked out that way. So, you know, we, a lot of the young kids got a taste of senior footy, and um, you know, and next year, you know, they'll probably be one or two first picked every week. You know, they they had good fight, they had good. Um, you know, they played well at senior level and, um, yeah, they done it at, at, in the finals for us in the twos. So um, the club's wrapped, you know, and um, the good thing about Bandura, it doesn't matter if seniors, reserves, 19s, women's, you know, it's a premiership's a premiership and they're just as stoked as whatever grade it is, really. I know there's obviously, as you mentioned, there are a few players who have played in the in the reserves premiership side on the weekend that have played a, a fair bit of senior footy. But in terms of the emerging players, do you see a few that have a, an opportunity to really establish themselves as, as senior players down the track? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The uh, the future's pretty bright at Bundura. Um, the kids that are running around and um, yeah, like I said, that they, they will get a, a taste of it next year and probably play most of the year in the ones and. I know the new coach coming on board wants to just play the kids and just develop, which is great. Um, and yeah, so now there's there's a lot of kids in there who can um, who will be um, playing pretty good senior footy next year, I reckon. For you on a, on a personal note, two years as coach, I know as, as a playing coach, but to take two premierships, you must be uh, thinking this coaching cape is uh, not such a bad thing. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I don't really like talking about myself. It's a the teams are it's a great bunch of kids and guys to coach you know being a playing coach you got to have good assistance on the sideline you know you got to be be on the same page and um so that that makes it a lot easier with you know like you know Jared King on the sidelines with me and Joffa Toddy chooses old man and yeah, it makes my job a lot easier. It's not just a one-way one way show. And in terms of going forward, you mentioned, obviously, new coach for the seniors in, in Michael Ryan, looking to, to develop that next crop as well. But but uh, for you as well, will you look to, to go on and, and be a part of the club going forward as they, they look to rebuild and get back into the finals at, at senior level? Yeah, yeah, I, um, I'll, I'll stay on. I spoke to Chop just the other day and um, touched base with him and everything he had to say. And, you know, I'm all about you know, developing the young kids and pushing them up. And I think that's why I took on the reserves coach and, and tried to, to develop as many good young players as under a can. And, um, yeah, so I'll definitely be around next year. And, yeah, hopefully we have a successful year, seniors, reserves and 19s and even the female side. Well, Shane, congratulations once again. A great effort to win any premiership, but to, to go back-to-back as well in the circumstances that you have, it's, it's a remarkable uh, journey for, for the, those at Bundura Footy Club. So enjoy the, the break now and uh, all the best heading towards the, the 2020 campaign. No, no, thank you so much. Thanks for that. Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is Chris Dorr, one of the premiership coaches of the Altham Under-19 side. Chris, congratulations on the achievement at the weekend. It was one of the better grand finals we saw throughout the 2019 season. High-scoring game. Your side gets across the line by eight points against St Mary's. What did you make of that grand final win on Saturday? Hey, Sammy. Uh, yeah, uh, fantastic day for the club. Um, the boys have challenged a fair few times 
during it. I think we were got up by around about 37 points at one stage and the old uh, Preston win zipped up and um, their boys played really good footy and uh, we were lucky enough in the end just to hold on by eight points. The the club's under-19 program in the last couple of years has had great success. You've had multiple sides in, in recent years, including this year, uh, a second premiership in Division 1 in the space of, of three years. What is uh, What do you put the, that success down to? Uh, it's I suppose um, we we do treat it as one one side. Uh, there's 60 boys um, involved. Uh, we uh, also had probably around about uh, eight of the under 17s um, go through due to the sort of five game rule. Um, and want to make sure that all the boys were still getting a game. But um, with the other coaches, Sammy Horner and um, the two boys who do the the twos, Brendan Nagoldi and obviously Neil Connell from uh, who, who works at North Melbourne and. Is just a sort of a plethora of knowledge and really chops us out. And um, the boys are all pretty close. And, uh, I mean, it'd be easy for sort of 20 of them to go and get a game somewhere else at a, at a uh, probably a ones club. But, uh, they, yeah, they all stuck together. And as you can see, well, probably the photos and that that have been getting around in the last few days and that, they really do treat themselves as one, one side. And it's, um, yeah, full credit to them. It's a great achievement to to win one premiership, let alone two in the in the space of of three years. What does it what does it mean to the club to to be able to have that success at an under nineteen level? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, probably a credit to the to the junior side of things as well. Um, they push them through, and um, uh, they've all been sort of playing together. And uh, Sammy Horner, the other coach, he's had them for the same group of boys, um, besides sort of a few that came across this year and. Uh, he's had them for sort of five years, and um, so they've built. Took a long time, but um, obviously Tommy Snell had the first lot of boys, and it was an awesome amount of talent there. And there's a lot of those boys sort of playing one footy at the club now. So it's um, it's one of those where uh, we're involved in the city, but I think the committee and 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 the boys who run the place do a fantastic job. I think it's uh, it's quite easy sometimes to to uh, forget that they're all volunteers and when you're running a, a business as big as that and you've got four teams getting on the park every every week, I think they've done a pretty good job all around. With uh, with the the success in the week and obviously part of the, the Division 1 program, the, the seniors and reserves obviously playing in, in second division in, re- in recent years, but it obviously must give the, the club great hope going forward that, that these players pushing through will be hopefully able in the, in the long term to be able to get the club back up into the top flight at a senior level. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's a, a long-time plan and, uh, you know, things didn't go to plan the last couple of years, but we'll reset again and, um, you know, we've got probably some exciting news coming up in the next couple of days and uh, we'll sort of we push to, to keep close because the, the senior boys, obviously, uh, the senior and the resi boys are really, really supportive of the under-19s program and they, they really do look after that and we are sort of looking at big picture and... Um, and obviously it's not easy to get back in and uh, I think we're probably learning that the hard way at the minute but we never thought it was going to be a straight up straight down type thing it was one of those things where we were hoping for the best but it just didn't pan out for us so now we're going to go back start all over again and um, and try and work towards that goal of getting up there and once we do get up there I've got sort of full confidence in the place that the uh, boys coming through are pretty talented and hopefully uh, with the right people in charge we'll uh, we'll get back to that I know a few of the, the players in the Premiership side have already had a, a taste at, at senior level, but, but who are the ones you, you'd project down the track would be players that can really uh, have, a, have a, a long career at, at the Altham Footy Club or, or even at a, at a higher level? 
Uh, well, I'm hoping all, all 24 that played on the weekend <laughs> for a start. But um, no, there is um, there is some pretty talented boys uh, amongst them. Um, a few of the boys have played sort of one footy this year. Benny Smith, um, Alex Bell Chambers. Uh, there was um, uh, a few that have played there before, sort of Cam Sullivan, and there's, there's probably four or five that got a taste this year. And um, we're hoping that, but there's a lot of sort of diamonds there that are, haven't really been polished yet, and I think they could. Um, I think they could really come on. There's probably at least a dozen there that I expect to sort of play one football in the next couple of years, and I'd reckon there's still a few there that are developing that'll come through a bit later than the other boys. But I think. No doubt that every bloke that played on the weekend in that Division One player could easily um, elevate themselves to that next level, and I'm hoping a couple more will go a bit higher as well. In terms of well, back to I guess the, the footy field on, on the weekend, but uh, you took on St Mary's. Obviously, they were the one side, and they and Heidelberg right throughout the year really pushed you. Uh, obviously, they only finished a game and, and two games behind you respectively, but to, to beat them both in the finals and I guess prove once and for all that you were the, the premier side in the competition that must have been obviously greatly satisfying. But they were great contests all the same. Yeah, they're the two sides, and uh, there's a heap of talent in both of those sides, and. I think it was there was a few games there where you you forget that you're watching an under nineteens game because of the probably the quality and the poison of a few blokes. But um yeah, really proud of our guys for they stuck to it and they played um they didn't get much of it on their own terms and there was a couple of boys that were unlucky to miss out and there was a couple of boys that have been really good for us during the start of the year and um obviously missed out due to injury but uh yeah, the other two sides are very talented and very well coached, very well drilled, and uh, yeah, we were. It was uh, good just to be able to get over the line and just see our boys have a have a ball on the Saturday and the Sunday, and the Monday. That was good. In terms of the grand final, what was it in the end that you think got you across the line? Uh, it's sort of hard to say. It was a pretty tight sort of first half, and um, I think uh, I think our boys were really really hard at the footy in the in the third quarter, and they. It was um, one of those things where they, they, it's easy to say that we're probably good on the outside and we're hard to go with, but they had to work from the inside to, to get the ball to the outside and we just figured that they they probably were, weren't working hard enough and they uh, they were a bit probably overawed by the uh, the situation for the first half and they just um, they just kept at it and they just kept working and they finally sort of cracked to the outside and had a nice patch in the third quarter, but uh, the other guys were... To their credit, um, St Mary's boys were very brave, and uh, they just kept coming and coming. And and on a on a coaching level for for you and, and Sam, but obviously for, for yourself, answering the question, how how satisfying was it to, to be able to to lead those young charges to, to premiership success? Oh, it's um, I suppose there's nothing better than being able to just sort of sit back at the end of the game and and watch the. I suppose the thing for me is just watching the joy you get out of it when you you see them with their families and their friends and you know just the pure enjoyment of why they play and you're obviously close to it so you watch them go through a fair bit of stuff during the year and you watch how hard they work and yeah you're just so happy for them pretty much yeah myself and Sammy were just uh, super super up for them and Sammy's a young coach and he's coming up through and he's sort of only 28 now and it's, um and he sort of had the boys for six years so he's got a sort of big future ahead of him so yeah no it was really really fun enjoyable and great that we could bring it home for the club 
Well, Chris, uh, congratulations once again. It was one of the, the better grand finals. I think we've seen it uh, certainly at under-19 level, but right throughout the 2019 season. So congratulations to, to you and your side on, on your premiership success, and, and thank you for joining us on the NFNL podcast. Appreciate it, Sammy. Thank you very much. Great to hear from the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Final winning coaches there, Jared. Of course, since the last time we recorded, we have had the biggest night on the NFNL calendar. Of course, the Rosbrook Medal Night, the Frank Rosbrook Medal going to Greensboro's Tom Beller. Amazing achievement coming straight from AFL level. Um, had probably the year we all anticipated and, and certainly it's safe to say a, a deserving winner of, of this year's Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Best and Fairest, Tom Bell. Yeah, definitely. He's come into the competition and, and just had an immediate impact for Greensboro, taking them to a grand final and uh, is obviously the best player in the competition this year as, as judged by the umpires. So a great year for him and um, some very deserving players just under him in the rankings, uh, Sam Gilmore and Justin White have, have had great years for their respective clubs. Yeah, they certainly have. Justin White now a four-time runner-up for the Frank Rosbrook medal, so a real testament to his consistency. And Sam Gilmore didn't go home empty-handed, of course, named the, the coach's MVP winner in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. A three-way tie for the first time in the competition's history there. That, of course, that uh, competition uh, introduced in 1981. Uh, the award shared by Whittlesey Premiership star Xavier DeMarcy, Riley uh, Lowton from Banyul and also Brent McCaffer, who was the coach's MVP. And in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, Jared Coulson immortalising himself in league history, uh, winning the Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 Best and Fairest for the third successive year in doing so, becoming just the third player to win three senior football Best and Fairest, but just the second to do that in three successive years, joining John Elliott. So a major milestone there for the Heidelberg West skipper. Yeah, exactly. And he's been uh, such a linchpin for that Heidelberg West side over the last few years and, and an amazing achievement for him and um, amazing achievement for the club as a whole. Yeah, he certainly goes down into the record books with, with what he's able to achieve from a women's football point of view. Nicole Blythe taking out the ANZ Division 1 Women's Best and Fairest, becoming a two-time competition Best and Fairest winner. She did win the second division award in a tie back in 2017. Demi Hallett capped a great individual season to clearly win the MC Security Division 2 Women's Best and Fairest. And Belinda Harris, her first season of senior football, um, giving Hurstbridge a best and fairest winner in their inaugural season in the competition, winning the Mervac Division Three Women's BNF. Yeah, three absolutely deserving winners. Nicole Blythe has been one that's been a star of the competition for for the last three years, and and caps it off with her second best and fairest win. Demi Hallett, uh, dominant year, eight votes ahead of uh, Claudia Wilver in second place in, in that award, and um, just caps off an, an amazing individual year for her and. Belinda Harris, as you said, first year for Hurstbridge in, in senior women's footy. They make finals and able to get a best and fairest winner. It's um, it's, a, it's a great look to the future for that club. Yeah, loved her reaction post-winning as well. We're genuinely shocked and, yeah. uh, and thrilled to have won Demi Hallett. We, we talk about a dominant campaign in, in uh, the second division women's to, to be the runaway winner of the BNF, but also the coach's MVP as well, I think, is a clear sign that she was the dominant player in the campaign. From a netball point of view, the Section 1 netball best and fairest was a tie between Fitzroy Stars, Jessica Bamblett and Stacey Gannon. They tied on 17 votes, one ahead of Fitzroy Stars shooter Natasha Atkinson-Brown. Great story there for the two winners. Jessica Bamblett, great to see a defender recognised. Unfortunately, they can be overlooked at times when it comes to BNF voting, but her efforts certainly recognised this year in time for the BNF. And Stacey Gannon becomes a four-time best and fairest winner in Section 1 netball. She's already a 10-time premiership winner. You couldn't possibly add any further accolades to that. I think it's a, a sign of just her standing in the competition to have such a CV uh, during a dominant era for the Diamond Creek 
football netball club on, on the netball courts. Yeah, she's been an amazing servant for the club and, and won her first Best and Fairest back in 2010. So it's capped off the decade with, um, well, bookended it with yeah, Best and Fairest incredible. wins. So uh, amazing longevity from her and, and still to be playing at the level she is and, and still winning premierships for Diamond Creek is a great achievement. Absolutely it is. So uh, a real testament to her consistency over a long period of time, but also um, great to see Jessica Bandlett recognised as well, the first stars uh, player to win the Section 1 Netball Best and Fairest since 2013. It'll also some, uh, I mean, obviously you can get all the award winners at nfnl.org.au. It's a great night to, to attend and just see the, uh, I guess, um, even some of the people who maybe go unrecognised throughout uh, long periods of time at clubs be recognised on the night with awards such as the, uh, you know, the, the Volunteer of the Year and even things like Senior Club of the Year as well. But uh, it was great to see Whittlesey, Storwalt, um, Rod Luscan win the, the Volunteer of the Year. He's been part of that club since 1956 and as we know, Volunteers are the lifeblood of any community sporting uh, association or, or club, and and Rod's uh, certainly been part of Whittlesea for for such a long time, part of the furniture down there, and recognised for his achievements. So too the Kilmore Football Netball Club winning the Senior Club of the Year award as well. So genuine and, and true recognition for for those who've had great uh, a great influence, not only maybe through this year, but also uh, over a long period of time with those clubs there, and and great to see them uh, duly recognised. Uh, the, the the event was live streamed and a replay still available on the NFNL Facebook page for those who wish to go back and have a look but again from everyone at the NFNL congratulations to all the award winners and also all those nominated throughout the course of, of the evening Jared uh, amazingly we're already looking forward to two, 2020 it's sad to see the, the footy season uh, and netball season now behind us for 2019 but it just feels like the action never stops and there's been quite a bit happening on the coaching front with uh, obviously announcements already being made about uh, new coaches coming in and at Bandura it's going to be uh, one of their former premiership players in Michael Ryan taking the reins. He's coached previously at Hurstbridge and also at Lowell Plenty. I think his appointment probably signals the fact that they're going to look to develop their youth and uh, it might not be about recruiting as they try to, to build up and, and get back into the finals race after missing out this year for the first time in two decades. But certainly one of the most liked figures around the Northern Football Netball League and someone who I'm sure that the Bulls are happy to have back home. Yeah, definitely. It might be a little bit of a different time for Bandura fans. Uh, might not expect to make finals every year, but still be right in contention. And I think they can look towards a team like a Heidelberg, who, after they won their premiership in 2016, went and, and got some kids in and, and really blooded the youth and, and got them going over a few years and have found themselves right back up in the premiership, premiership contention this year. So uh, they can take a leaf out of their book and... and um, and go on next year and recruit uh, some young guys and, and get back up to the top of the competition. We saw the reserves uh, go back-to-back, back, so certainly plenty to work with there for the Bulls. Also, another recognisable face uh, returning to the Northern Football Netball League will occur at North Heidelberg, where Jason Heatley takes the coaching reins from Brent Harvey, who's obviously filled the void this year, but uh, stepped aside, taking on a, a bigger role at North Melbourne for next year. But success has certainly followed. Jason Hentley as a coach, a, a premiership winner with Northcote Park in 2012, also played a huge part in Heidelberg's 2016 premiership success as well. So he returns to the Bulldogs, where he is a premiership player, played at the club both before and after playing in, in the AFL. And uh, certainly one of the, the biggest figures uh, in the Northern Football Netball League over the, the past decade, a representative coach as well, and a massive get for the Bulldogs to get Jason Heatley back home. Yeah, exactly, and I think it's it's exciting times for North Heidelberg, obviously, with Boomer stepping down, he'll still be in the 
there in a playing capacity, but to have Jason Heatley taking over the reins, he's uh, he's done it in the Northern Footy League, which I think is really important, and I think he's going to do a great job with this group, and they'll look to go better um, in 2020 and, and hopefully make a grand final. Yeah, after two preliminary final appearances, that is the next step, isn't it? Still uh, awaiting a, a coaching appointment from Northcote Parkers to see who does replace Matt McLennan there. But looking into A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, we know that Andrew Tranquilly has been appointed Diamond Creek coach for 2020. That was made, uh, that appointment made prior to the final series. But uh, looking elsewhere, Altham expecting a, an appointment there to be made there in the next probably 24 hours or so. So uh, keep a, keep an eye on that one there. But the Fitzroy Stars, Dean Rioli to take the, the coaching reins there. Uh, at Thomastown, Mario Bandera returns to the NFNL. Of course, a premiership winner with the Epping uh, Football Club also has coached Altham to a Division One preliminary final, but uh, some appointments there, certainly well-known figures, and uh, in Thomas Down's case, having played finals for the past couple of years, looking to uh, an experienced mentor to take them that next step, which would be, of course, to win a final and potentially play off in, in the biggest game of the season on Grand Final Day. Yeah, exactly, and I think it's um, a great move for the club, and uh, as you said, they'll look to, to win some finals and, and really um, get back up to it, to, to be, become a powerhouse and uh, good, good look for the future. Yeah, well, they've got new facilities down there, which uh, will be unveiled in 2020. They also major prize on the footy show throughout the course of the week as well. So exciting times for for those at, at the Thomas Down Footy Netball Club in in Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three. Heidelberg West has announced that they've parted ways with Cam Van Florenstein, so they haven't announced the new coach just yet, but uh, have made the announcement that he won't continue into a second year at the club. Uh, Munda has appointed Rob Fletcher as coach for 2020. Rob, part of the coaching setup this year with the Demons, so well-known within the, uh, the four walls at, at Waterview Recreation Reserve. Um, we know Reservoir's also now appointed their coach for next year and Jason Hamilton. So obviously a big, big task to take on there, a club that hasn't won a game for two years, but certainly is, is excited about the uh, the challenge. Uh, just reading one of the articles already published uh, with him, He's, he has made the point that that's what actually attracts him to the role is the fact that it's an opportunity to really help a, a club rise up the ranks and uh, he's looking forward to that role there. So good luck to, to Jason in and his uh, adventure into the the uh, the coaching role at, at the Reservoir uh, Football or Reservoir Sporting Club I should say uh, Old Altham Collegians yet to name their new coach uh, meanwhile Panton Hill who moves up into second division they've announced uh, uh, just in recent days that Steve Lates opted to not continue as coach part of the the two year deal for him was to um, to hopefully get the club up uh, into second division which he's done and um, won't uh, look to be reappointed as coach next year so. Uh, in doing that, I guess uh, being a premiership coach, we thought it was only right to have a chat directly to Steve Lake just to get some insight into his decision to not continue as coach in 2020 and uh, what might be in store for the Panton Hill Footy Club in their return to second division next year. Our next guest on the NFL podcast is the outgoing coach of the Panton Hill Football Club, Steve Lake. Steve, uh, premiership success this year, but uh, you, you've made the decision that uh, you won't go on as, as head coach next year, but I uh, understand you're staying involved with the football club. Can you just take us through, through your process in, in making this, this decision? Well, actually, Sammy, um, this has all been part of the process for the since inception, really. I mean, um, there was a two-year plan, as, as you know, to, to get us into Division 2. Um, that being achieved... Um, I think I'm at the age now and with what's going on in my life that, you know, it's time to step aside and give some young, energetic, exuberant new coach a crack at this uh, magnificent list we've put together. 
does it? Um, I guess it makes it more satisfying. You obviously knew you said going into the the whole plan for two years, but to hand over as um, a side that's going up into second division, having just won a premiership. But I imagine that's the ideal circumstance for yourself. Absolutely, mate. And um, you know, as I said, I've got a lot going on in my life uh, over the next year or so, and uh, some really exciting things happening. Um, I'm about to become a grandfather in the next Congratulations. week. Congratulations. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, young Matt's uh, an age, uh, their, their little one. And then I've got a, uh, the other son, oh, Matt's getting married in March. Uh, and this has all been part of the plan going forward that, you know, I'd, I'd just get the side where they needed to be um, so I can hand over to uh, the right coach. Um, and I think what's been pleasing is that we wanted to hit Division 2 with a bit of momentum. I think we've done that. I think uh, we haven't just fallen across the line. We've, I think, statistically, we've looked pretty good all year. Uh, I think it puts us in good stead to be pretty competitive Division 2. And if we can add a couple of more boys to the list on top of what we've got, I think um, it'll be a very competitive pan Hill. Uh, your role going forward, do you have anything set in stone or uh, is it still up in the air? Um, no, we're still sorting it out exactly, but I think... The club and Andrew Mill, our president, it came for me to be involved, um, whether it be on a mentoring, uh, in a mentoring role. Uh, certainly, uh, being close enough to the group to to add some value. Uh, but to be honest with you, without the full commitment that's required, um, and that that also comes down to the new coach, what he requires and what he wants. If he wants me to step aside completely and not not be involved with the group, that's fine. Uh, but I'll certainly have a role within the club, and I want to have a role within the club, because uh, I've fallen in love with the club, you know, and um, it's a special place to be, to be honest with you, and it's a pretty exciting opportunity for a for a new coach to come in. Uh, I would imagine it'd be a pretty sought-after position, and al- already the interest is, is there. I was going to say that uh, it's not often that an opportunity arises for for. A- a new coach that come into a side that's won a premiership and you know looks to be retaining the, the best part of the list as well and going up with the momentum you spoke about. Mm. So it's obviously a great opportunity for whoever steps in next to, to take the club into the next chapter. Yeah, I think so. And um, unfortunately, last time we uh, we uh, uh, made it through to Division Two, uh, the list was at the wrong side age age wise. Um, most of the boys achieved what they wanted to achieve in footy and they moved on. So, um, and then Joffa Byron um, inherited a, a group that was, you know, a real struggle, to be honest with you. It was a bit unfair for Joffa because he's a ripper coach. You know, um, I learned quite a lot from Joffa and uh, his handover to me worked well for me, And but on the back of some pretty, pretty good work he'd done previously. So this is a different set of circumstances. We're, we're hitting Division 2 with a group of players that are in their mid-twenties, younger than that. Some of them are quite young. Uh, we've added a few young boys to the list this year. And with a with a spine which is as as good as you'd ever want, you know, with Brent Ryan, Mitch Anderson centre-half back, Matty Fowler in the middle, Matty Byron at centre-half forward, and then Reese Boyden at full forward. To have a spine like that's pretty, pretty important. And I think... Uh, with a midfield group, which is pretty good also. So um, we've set it up nicely. Now we've got some work to do from a recruiting point of view just to tidy it up a little bit more. And hopefully the new coach can just fine-tune things his way 
and add a little bit more uh, excitement as well. Um, new, new voice, um, and 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 I think the boys will respond. I think they really will. In terms of uh, the the weeks that have gone by since the the premiership uh, win, has it has it been for the club? But I imagine there's uh, been some, some great feeling uh, around, uh, given uh, what you were able to achieve early in September. Absolutely, and um, you know these boys really know how to party. Let me tell you, I think I mentioned that to you. So they work hard on the track, but they also work hard off the track. <laughs> um, and when you've got characters, characters like Timmy Duckworth and Matty Byron and these guys, they're, they're hilarious, really. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, and the, our small band of supporters and committee have really enjoyed the period. Um, and, uh, and then we've got some nice announcements with our under-19 uh, side being announced that we're going to go with that in 2020. We're going to have a real hard crack at it. And I think it's the sort of club that could attract some, some young kids uh, on the back of a premiership with a good feeling around the club. So we're promoting that heavily. Um, we've, got the, the, uh, we've got the netball side happening in, in the new year as well, which is great. It's got a lot of good things happening for a small little, little club like Panton Hill. Well, uh, Steve, uh, we appreciate uh, all the work that, that you've uh, you've provided to us uh, as a media team throughout the, the course of the season. Obviously, it's been a, a great year and a great two-year period for the club to, to play off in consecutive grand finals and ultimately get that, that success this year with the grand final win over South Rang. So congratulations on that, and uh, we still hope to see you around the traps. I'm sure everyone at Panton Hill still hopes to see you around as well, but uh, good luck with whatever comes next as well. And, you know, just to finish off, mate, I want to thank you and the and the team, we've had a pretty good relationship over that period and the NFNL with uh, Peter and the whole team here been awesome for us. Uh, very, very, and I've mentioned this a few times, uh, you need people like Simon Devine and these guys around to really help um, clubs like us to, to get to where we get to. And just in closing, I'd like to, obviously, um, you know, it's been 15 years of footy coaching and apart from junior level as well, but um, just want to thank the coaches that I've worked with over the period from Murray Brown at Marcelin through to Phil Plunkett and Gavin Krasiska at Heidelberg and then Gary Ramsey who's just a great man and a, a great person and a great mentor to me and then Joffa Byron at Panton Hill. I really want to thank all those guys. Well you've done a, an outstanding job and uh, certainly won't be lost to football but uh, good luck with the next chapter and obviously also the exciting times coming up on, on a personal level as well. Located in central Greensboro, Watermark provides 1,000 square metres of premium gym space with new equipment, functional training zone, group fitness program and a supportive team to lead you towards your health and wellbeing goals. Watermark offers modern aquatic facilities for lap swimming or relaxing in the sauna, steam room or spa. Learn to swim in Watermark's award-winning Go Swim program, offering swim lessons from six months of age and up. Have a great day out with the family on the large rough water slides, splash park and pools. All this with convenient access to Watermark's free multi-level car park. Google Watermark Greensboro to find out more. Certainly great to hear from Steve late once again and with that that will be our final interview of the 2019 NFNL podcast series. A, a big thank you to everyone who has tuned in throughout the course of the 2019 season. We do hope that you, you've enjoyed listening to us as uh, we review and, and preview all the action that was going on throughout the Northern Football Netball League. We've certainly enjoyed bringing you the coverage each week and uh, without you all listening we don't have a show so thank you to, to everyone who has tuned in and supported throughout the, the course of the season. A massive thank you to all 
the coaches and players and administrators who have put their hand up throughout the, the course of the year to to tell their story as well. Again, we, we talk, uh, if we don't have their support, we don't have a, a show to bring to you each week. So we thoroughly have enjoyed uh, doing that. Thank you to all those who have contributed right along the way um, from Rob Winston and, and Jordan Canales, but also Jared Gardner, who's really stepped up throughout the course of the, the 2019 season as a play-by-play commentator and, and also as the, the co-host of the podcast. Jared, it's been absolutely fantastic working with you throughout the year and uh, hope uh, you've, you've enjoyed the experience and hope to have you back in 2020. Yeah, it's been a great year once again and um, already looking forward to 2020 and what that year is going to bring because uh, there's going to be so many storylines coming coming into the season and uh, so many teams are looking to go one better in 2020 and teams looking to go back-to-back once again or back-to-back-to-back in the case of West Preston Lakeside. But um, it, it's going to be a great year of footy and I already can't wait for it. Absolutely, it will be. So once again, we thank everyone who has tuned in. Of course, the action doesn't stop for too long. The Nepal summer season will kick off in November so head to the NFNL website for all the details there as always all the latest news will be uh, published to the website and through our social media pages so we do uh, urge you to, to get on and, and keep updated throughout the, the course of, of the off season again thank you for your support we look forward to being back in 2020 but until then you've been listening to the NFNL podcast podcast